ಸಹನಾವತು ಸಹನೌನಕ್ತು ಸಹ ವೀರ್ಯಂಕರವಹೈ ತೇಜಸ್ವಿನಧೀತಮಸ್ತು ಮಾವಿಷಾವಹೈ ಓಂತಾಂತಾಂತಿ ಗುರುರ್ಬ್ರಹ್ಮ ಗುರುರ್ವಿಷ್ಣು ಗುರುರ್ದೇವೋ ಮಹೇಶ್ವರ ಗುರುರೇವ ಪರಂ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮ ತಸ್ಮೈ ಶ್ರೀಗುರವೇ ನಮಃ ತಸ್ಮೈ ಶ್ರೀಗುರವೇ ನಮಃ we are on page number 137 in this book the 54th shloka soma pomrata pasomaha soma pomrata pasomaha purujet purusattamaha ವಿನಯೋಜಯ ಸತ್ಯಸಂಧೋ ದಾಶಾಹಸಾತ್ವತಾಂಪತಿ ದಾಶಾಹಸಾತ್ವತಾಂಪತಿ ದ ಲಾರ್ಡ್ ಬೀಯಿಂಗ್ ಇನ್ಫೈನೈಟ್ ದಿ attributes with which we can refer to that the possibilities are infinite so somebody asked me today does it mean to say that the lord has only 1000 names now that lord who can take innumerable number of unaccountable number of forms shapes sizes do you think he is limited with only 1000 names these were the 1000 names that bhishma ji picked up to explain to yudhishthira that does not mean he is limited with these 1000 this is one perspective of understanding bhagwan or one of the 1000 methods to understand bhagwan it does not mean to say or confirm that bhagwan is this much only because infinite is his capacity infinite is his shakti infinite is his presence 
So his attributes would also be infinite. Because the moment his attributes would become finitude, then he is no better than anything finite. Then the entire creation becomes finite. Then the mantra that we chant, Purnamadaha Purnamidam, Purnat Purnamudachyate. From that which is complete, Purna, and what can be complete is infinite. When you take something out, infinity minus something is still infinity. That which is taken out is also infinity. There is no limitation there. Because if you can pull finitude from infinite, then our basic assumption to assume that the infinite, whatever was the x factor, the infinity, was not infinity. So, this entire creation that is expressing is not finitude. Our perception of this creation is finitude. The creation as such is not finitude. So there are some beautiful names today. Somapaha. Somapaha. In the elaborate system in the ancient past, yagnas were often performed. When I say yajna, it is not jnana yajna, it is dravya yajna. Every household had five fires lit. Panchagni. There is one dakshinagni which is always lit. From that they borrow the other five agni. Some people say the four are in the yajna shala. And one is in the kitchen. There is also Agni there, right? So that is the Panchagni, where the Naivedya is made. However they define it, there are five Agnis. The main Havan Kunda or the main Yajna Kunda, in that there are a lot of Ahutis that are offered. In the offering, there is one particular offering which is called Soma Rasa. Max Miller and his children, all his, uh, they have defined Soma Rasa as some intoxicant which has some specific quality of rejuvenating the person. So they have reduced it to an intoxicant, Soma Rasa. Soma rasa means that which is acquired through the soma, acquired through the moon, that rasa, the essence of it, there are some specific essences that are added into that havan. You cannot just throw anything and everything that you find in your hand and it is not a bonfire. It is a sacred act of adding into that sacrificial fire. 
So the karma kanda of our Vedic literature prescribes and in order to understand that karma kanda, karma kanda portion there are lot of sutras, apastampa sutras, grihya sutras which explain as to how that kind of karma kanda has to be performed. I am giving lot of technical detail. Why? At least this is one platform wherein we can hear such things because we have stopped performing them, at least hear about them. One opportunity. So the details that are given in the Karma Kanda, there are specifications that when you do certain kind of Yaga, the wood that has to be used, okay, before I go to wood, the structure that is to be formed as the Havan Kunda, the number of bricks that are required, the size of the brick, the shape of the brick is also very specific and that has been specified. And having built that kind of Yajna Kunda, the depth of the Yajna Kunda, then you bring in the wood and the wood has to be of some specific nature. If there is something that you are offering which has lot of moisture in it, then the kind of wood that is used has rapid burning, like it, it intensely catches up fire and burns quickly. The people tree, Ashwatthavriksha, the wood from there, it burns with such enormous outburst that the moisture that is given in the Ahuti is consumed in that fire and the fire does not become dampened. It does not get extinguished. Whereas when you want to have the fire overnight, then the kind of wood that has to be added in has to be more dense. And they did their research in what kind of wood that, you know, what kind of ahuti has to be offered, how much ghee is required, how much different kinds of dravyas are required. And nowadays we do havan with uh, tin foil in the what do you call that space in every living room? Fireplace. Put it in the fireplace and there is swaha and then that brings me to another point. The other day I was, I don't know where was I, wherever it was. The people who were doing the puja, the, the, the Panditji was chanting uh, mantras. I was getting irritated and it was good to see that Panditji was also getting irritated because the way people were offering the flowers, you know, the way you offer the gesture, like when you serve food, you cannot be doing, you are throwing food, right? Similarly, when you are with the Lord, when you are offering, you cannot throw flowers, you cannot throw akshata, somewhere ballpark is there, tang, you cannot throw it there. So he was trying to say that, hey, don't throw it at him, offer it at his feet. So I said, Achareva, there is one Panditji who is so specific about it and he is trying to teach that. So you don't throw things into the fire pit. As I said, it is not a bonfire. So there is, there is a specific ladle and that ladle you use and then offer it into that Havan Kunda into that yajna kunda you offer. And it is not any time that you keep offering. 
And many people when we do the Yagna Yaga here, they are pyromaniacs. They love to see big fire. So the mantra is being chanted, the children, they keep throwing these twigs, they keep throwing this ghee into it and they stop. It is not for that purpose. There is a mantra and then that particular form of deity is invoked and to that invocation we say, Indraya Swaha Idannamama, Agnaya Swaha Idannamama, Varunaya Swaha. When you, when you hear that Swaha, that is when you have to offer. So the timing of it, now if you go into more specific details, the Karmakanda even specifies what kind of flame, what has to be offered. So it is not just light up fire and keep throwing things in it. And each kind of fire has got its name. Kali, Karali, Manojavacha, and just naming few of them. There is a blue flame, there is a red flame, there is yellow flame, there is green flame. There is a flame which has a lot of smoke in it. These are different kinds of flames. So you don't offer things into when there is a lot of smoke coming. Because that little tiny uh, flame which is left will also be gone. So you have to wait for the right amount of flame to come. And then you offer the Navadhanya, you offer the Lotus or you offer, there is Chandi Homa which is done with uh, red pepper. I am not talking bell pepper, dried chilies, red chilies. And the, the most amazing aspect is, Thousand times the handful of fistful of uh, red chilli, dry chilli is put into that, offered into that. Usually you have experience, right, working in the kitchen when it is too hot and you put it and it starts uh, releasing the smoke and it, it, it catches into your breath and you start coughing and sneezing and you will be surprised that day when you are doing chandi homa in that particular no such smoke will be irritable. I have attended many such. It, it's, it's a surprise that it, it doesn't release that kind of smoke. So all these, the rasa, the essence in it, it is not that we are wasting everything into fire. Another tangential point, but valid point. People have this self-proclaimed righteousness. We waste a lot of things. And when people start that way, don't waste your breath. I stop them right there. Why do we waste so much of milk and yogurt and honey and uh, ghee and sugar into this Abhisheka? Instead, why can't you feed the poor? When was this? Recently, Shivaratri time. There is the Shivalinga on which lot of milk is being poured and then parallelly there is another photo to starved people. And I said, if you like this, share it. Idiot, you are not sitting next to me or else I would have smacked you immediately. That is one. Then there is another kind uh, wherein uh, you do shraddha. 
you know, why do this shraddha? It is meaningless. There is no point to it. Instead, go feed the poor and needy. Why are you wasting so much of resources, natural resources into this fire pit? Instead, do something else. To all these people who talk of instead, who has stopped you from doing whatever that you have to do? Why has it always have to be instead of this, do that? Oh, you don't understand. Your ignorance cannot be the proof of everything in this world. Oh, I tried. Okay, what did you try? I tried in Amar Chitra Katha. <laughs> I am not ridiculing them. But there is hardly any trial, hardly any effort that they have done into research. And they bring in this claim that suddenly, you know, stop all this. Instead, do this. Absurd, self-righteous people. I am stopping myself with a lot of effort. Idiots. There is a meaning, there is a purpose for all this kind of Kriya. They say by chanting these mantras, do you think the, the fruits will fall off the tree? And if you can really chant the right mantra, it will fall. You are talking of a tree. Adi Shankaracharya chanted that mantra, Kanakadhara Stotram, and in that lady's house, without a tree, golden gooseberries landed, rained. So, Abhisheka or this kind of uh, Havan Karya is not a waste of time or waste of ingredients, it yields a certain result. Now getting to the main point, Somapa, the essence of all that which is being offered into the fire, the agency that transfers that essence, that energy, that subtle energy which is gathered from all these different elements is transferred through the heat. Agni Devata is the transferring agency. That is why we light the lamp. Because he is the transferring agency. Have you sent money back home to India? Wherever. Have you sent money? Have you transferred money? Yes? No? Right? So when you, when you deposit money here, you deposit in dollars. When, whichever country that you are sending, how do they receive it? Do they receive it in dollars or do they receive it in their local currency? In the local currency. Does it mean that when you are offering, when you are giving money here, the exact amount, exact uh, physical the note with that uh, number on it is being transferred there? Worth that much is being transferred. Right? There is some transfer fee as also in, in between. For every such amount, so much of transfer fee is taken. So, in every yaga, Agni is offered a little. Bhaiya, please carry this, but for carrying it and for your own sustenance, 
This is what we offer to you. Agnaye swaha idanna mama. This is for Agni, special quota. It's a transfer agency. And heat consumes the physical, whatever has been given, and then takes the energy to that world. Let me bring to your notice the story of Mahabharata, wherein <clears throat> Takshaka gets killed. Do you know who is Takshaka? Which story I am talking about? At least there is one head which is moving. They have to build the Indraprastha, they have to build this huge palace and uh, the land is all swamp and forest area and they are trying to find which, pa which part of this forest has to be cleared up. Then Indra, uh, sorry, Agni Devata comes and he requests Arjuna that please clear up this part of the forest and it will do good to you, you will prosper. Plus I have my own hidden agenda in it. Of late there have been so many offerings that have been offered that I have to consume all of it which has led to my uh, indigestion and uh, instability. This forest when you light the fire has enough herbs in them that which will enable me to digest all this and transfer the energy to that other world wherever it is intended to. So this is one on one dialogue between Arjuna and Agni Devata. So Agni is the transfer agency. So on behalf of the Lord, he consumes this energy and delivers it to the other world, to the subtler realms. In and through all these deities that are getting the offering, who is it that is actually getting it? Somapa, it is he alone who is getting it. This is one meaning. Extension of that meaning would be that whenever we put an effort to, to reach across to a certain result, why should we always put in uh, an amazing 100% fulfilling effort is because that essence when it is offered through every action, it is that yagnya bhava and what it we get an opportunity to worship that divine through that effort and that is called somarasa somarasa the rasa the essence of focused mind who is the presiding deity of the mind chandra what is the other name of chandra i am not talking about the chief minister of andhra pradesh Chandra, the other name is Soma. His rasa, his essence, where is it? Through the internal antakkarana. When the antakkarana is focused, that focused antakkarana applied into a field diligently 
that is the soma rasa and that is the offering that is the penance of offering as an individual to yield the results of our action so who is getting the essence of our offering somapa the one who consumes pa pibati the one who drinks the one who gets the offering is the lord and every act of ours becomes the act of yagna act of worship of that divine through our effort somapa amrutapa so there is this story <clears throat> what is the story there were asuras and devas now these asuras and devas daityas and the devas are again like pandavas and kauravas belonging to the same family belonging to the same family tree daityas were born to diti of kashyapa and the devas were born the adityas were born sorry adityas were born to aditi and daityas were born to diti and they both were married to kashyapa all in one family they all belonged in one family but the daityas always stepped you know two steps away from the line of norm common sense or righteousness and they were always whacked by the devas with the support of vishnu so there is this effort to bring the entire family together sometimes when they say family get together the extended family and everyone like marriages and other places the most scary places because skeletons from every closet is visible and there are enough to poke them so they bring all of these asuras and devas together and they say there is a huge potential in the kshira sagara kshira sagara is the milky ocean and it is that milky ocean that apam which is often refer to yopam pushpam veda pushpavan prajavaan pashuman bhavati that cosmic waters of kshira sagara is what is referred to in the yopam pushpam yaha apam veda the one who recognizes that totality is what is worshiped in there so they ask his approval he says okay start that portion but this is so humongous huge how do we churn it each deva each asura sitting with a little churning thing is not going to work so i said okay get meru parvata they lift meru parvata and start bringing and so many get crushed in in that process that bhagwan takes the form of uh, eagle and then carries it with its golden claw the entire meru parvata and then drops it in the milky ocean so in that very uh, churning process there are so many avatars that the lord takes he has already taken the avatar of garuda 
with a golden claw. He has taken the avatar of Kachapa. Kachapa avatar, the tortoise, because it was sinking in, there is no stability for it that it can churn off of. So, Kachapa, he takes that form and then the Meru Parvata is kept on there. And they say, how do we churn? What is, what is a rope? Then they get Vasuki. And that Vasuki is turned around. And the Devas are, the, the Daityas have already taken the tail end. The Devas are now left with the head. So, Narad Bhagwan doesn't sit quite. He goes there to the Daityas and says, you are Daityas. Why do you have to settle down with the end portion? You should be having the head. So, yes, yes, yes. And they all go there. And Vasuki being squeezed with these Daityas hands starts spitting out the venom, the poison and that when churned with all the churning process and the hala hala is produced. So, first effort to bring out anything good is it, it just churns out all the possible bad. So, do not take stock of statistics with your first attempt. It will not be the complete uh, picture given. Then immediately they all abandon the post and then they go to Vishnu. He says, I am busy. He was busy, poor fellow. It was on him that it was, I am already busy man. Can't you see? It? And then Brahmaji says, that is something which I cannot handle. My, my thing is only to create. Then they rush to Lord Shiva and says, where will I put this hala hala? Wherever I put it is going to destroy that place, that space. So, what does he do? He gathers it all up and then consumes it. Loving Parvati who was sitting there, she is like, hey Nath. And then she holds his, that was the only time probably that she had the opportunity to hold him by his throat <laughs> and stops that poison right at the kantha. Because of that effort, Lord was named that day as Mahadeva. Among the Devas, he is referred to as the Mahadeva. The one who readily sacrifices himself for the sake of the rest of them. And then they again come back. Now that the poison is removed, they start churning. Uh, one by one, that churning process starts yielding. Airavata, Uchashravasa. Uchashravasa is the unicorn. That is one thing that all three religions have. Unicorn they believe in. Islam also has a unicorn. Christians have a unicorn in their stories. Hindus also have it. 
Airavata, a white elephant. Literally, it is a white elephant. And if somebody calls, you know, oh, I'm having a white elephant, you don't really know how to. Only Indra has that problem. It was taken by Indra. And then Lakshmiji was produced from that. And then soon uh, Moon was also. That is why Moon is often referred to as Lakshmi Sahodara. He is the brother of Lakshmiji. Because both were born from that Kshira Sagara. Then everybody claimed Kamadhenu was born. The Kalpa Vriksha was born. So each one of these spectacular things were born from that churning process. And each was given to different people for taking care of that great uh, blessings of that effort. Finally, there was Dhanvantri. The Amrita did not just come by itself. Dhanvantri. Who is Dhanvantri? Ah, he is the doctor in chief. He is the doctors of the doctors. He is the one who gave the knowledge to uh, Sushruta, Vagbhatta and um, Charaka in this world. And he gave this very knowledge to the Ashwini Kumaras in the other world. So Dhanvantri and there is a very powerful mantra if chanted it elevates, uh, it removes all the, not elevates, it removes all the uh, ailments. So he comes with the Amrita Kalasha. Therefore one of the names of Dhanvantri is Amrita Kalasha Hastaya. He is the one who carried that Amrita Kalasha. As soon as that Amrita Kalasha was delivered, there were two warring parties again. Constantly, the Amrita Kalasha was waiting and they were like fighting with each other. Then rescue code SOS calling in Houston. <laughs> you know what I am referring to? So the SOS Narayana got it and then Vishnu comes down and in the most enchanting forms. He takes the Mohini avatar. So Garuda avatar, Kachapa avatar, Mohini avatar. Right within that churning process, he had to take multiple roles. And he says, would you mind if I would uh, distribute it to all of you? If you all can stand in one line, swaying and walking in that graceful, she picks up that Kalasha and starts with the Devas. And there was this Rahu. He takes the form of a Deva. And he had already been served and half of it was already consumed. It had gone through his throat. By that time Vishnu brings his Sudarshana, chops his head and becomes Rahu and Ketu. They were standing next to, in between, Surya and Chandra. That's why Rahu Grasta Divakarendu Sadushaha. Rahu and Ketu 
because they were ratted out by Surya and Chandra as a vengeance. He comes here. We start with Shankhanar. <laughs> so they come every year to eat up Surya and Chandra to, during the Grahana. It was not that they did not know why Surya and Chandra and Grahana happen. That is the story behind. And once by the time he came to the end. There is another uh, part of the story is before they decided that Mohini should take, they laid down this Amruta Kalasha on the Darbha grass. That is why that Darbha grass is used on every uh, sacred event that they tie that Darbha grass. During the Chandra Surya Grahana, that Darbha grass is used to ward off all the radiations. There was a drop of that dar, uh, Amrita that fell on the Darbha grass, giving it its immortality. There was the Naga, Naga, the snake, so came and tried to lick that little drop. The Naga could lick the little drop, but what happened that that Darbha, if you have seen, has a sharp edge and the tongue got split. So since then the snakes have the split tongue. So says the story. So the devas were given the amrita and the last drop was given and Mohini looked at the asuras, the daityas and said, I, I wish I could have given you, but see, it is empty and there is nothing in there. Somapa, the one who distributed this Amrita to all the Devas, therefore he is called Somapa. There is another meaning, sorry, Amritapa, Amritapa. Yeah, it is Amritapa. <clears throat> and that is what started the entire battle. You know, the, we are wrongly treated, we are uh, not treated equally. And the reason they were not treated equally because they stepped away from the path of righteousness always and create chaos. So they said they are not worth being given this. Anyway, there is one more meaning of uh, Somapa, that is why I thought I remembered it. And Somapa can be the name of Lord 
the one who is along with the soma somapa okay i'll come to it when we come to soma so amrutapa amruta the one who uh, initiated the effort in churning of the ocean supported it and then distributed it such one is called amrutapa somaha somaha the one who was born along with lakshmi ji moon now the beauty of this moon is that it does not have its own light it does not have its own light what does it do it reflects the sun's light and in that reflective process the rays of the moon especially the full moon and there are enough songs on that full moon enough comparisons by the poets given with the full moon chand saroshan chehra have you heard of that song in neeli si jheeli aankhe koi raaz hai inme gehra tareef karu i know i'm not a singer at least you got the song there enough references that the very visual glimpse of that full moon is so enchanting and that soma rasa the rays from the moon is a required part of the growth of all plant kingdom the nourishment and the herbal qualities in the plants get enhanced because of the moon's light that which comes through the moon as this light is that paramatma alone soma then the second meaning of soma is it can be the worship of lord shiva remembering lord shiva as well sa uma soma the one who is along with uma parvati therefore he is called soma he is also called soma shekhar soma shekhar this chandra was very handsome looking i'll not go into the details of this story but he did neglect the 15 daughters of daksha prajapati and because of that neglect daksha prajapati chased him in order to find him and kill him and he took surrender with lord shiva soma chandra and now having taken surrender now daksha could not challenge shiva now what is the relationship between daksha and shiva daksha is father in law and he is the son in law and there was already enough under the bridge between them he chose not to challenge him but he cursed him he cursed him saying that by the 15th day you will become non existent 
or by the 16th day you will become non-existent. Kshaya, Kshaya Vyadi, you will become, you will reduce in portions. By the 16th day you will become nothing, you will remain nothing. Then on the request of Shiva, he said, you know, it is your daughters who will be impacted by his, uh, by this curse of yours. Said, okay, in the next 16 days you will grow. So that is how the moon has 15 days of waxing and 15 days of waning. And every 15th day, every once in uh, 30 days, he has the full glow. It seems he was like that through and through. And he had gotten into some uh, disturbing situations for which he was neglecting, because of which he was neglecting Daksha's daughters and he got the, the curse of Daksha. Once you surrender, it does not matter what you have done in the past. Don't carry your guilt saying, I have been a papi, papoham, papakarmoham, papatma, papasambhava. Bhagavan says, I know. You don't need to describe that in such length. That the sins that have been performed. Do not come with the guilt saying that, wish I would have been a greater devotee if I had not sinned these many times. In spite of all those sins, if we just surrender unto that Lord, where does he put you? In spite of his sins, Chandra got cursed. Such a cursed one. What did Lord Shiva do? Put him on his forehead. When one way, closer to the vision, constantly keeping an eye on him. But whenever we worship that Lord Shiva, he also gets worshipped. The moment we surrender, he makes us worship worthy. The example of Soma. And that is the complete story of Soma. Born along with Lakshmi ji, did some disturbing pranks and finally ended up with Lord Shiva as his mentor. So Soma can mean the one who is carrying that moon. One meaning is moon itself. One meaning is Lord Shiva because so Uma. Along with Uma, the one who pardoned this Soma, therefore he is also called Soma. Somapo Amrutapaha Somaha Purujit. Purujit, the one who has always conquered. There was never a moment where Bhagawan and his presence ever had to face defeat. Except in Krishna Avatar, <laughs> where he is now called as the Ranchodas. The one who ran away from the battlefield. It's on the borders of 
Gujarat and Rajasthan. It's a very beautiful small temple, not small, big enough. Uh, and there he is worshipped as Ranchodrai. Where did, why did he have to run away from the battlefield? Jarasandha was angry with Krishna. Why was he angry? Jarasandha and Kamsa were related. Do you know how they were related? One was father-in-law, the other one was son-in-law. Now Kamsa being killed, Jarasandha is disturbed. Said, how dare this Krishna kill somebody so important to me? He will have to pay for it. So in the next 27 years, he attempts 18 attacks. The kind of continuous attacks, it was not just Muhammad Ghazani or uh, who was the other fellow? There was one more guy. No, no, no. Before Aurangzeb and these people came in, there was two of these invaders. Ghaznavi, I think. Muhammad Ghaznavi and Ghazani. Jarasandha had already started that trend. And every time he would attack, all the outskirts, villages, everything, he would, the rampage would be so devastating that there will be no scope for any kind of cultivation. The cattle is all, uh, you know, robbed, trying to hit on the economy of Mathura. While this was happening, Bhagavan Krishna went out to scout. That is when he applied for a permanent residency in Gujarat. That is when he got the, first he applied for green card, then he got residency, then he purchased the property, asked Vishwakarma to build the floating city on that island called Dwaraka. And all this and utmost secrecy. Nobody knew that there was another city being built. By the time Jarasandha could attack the 18th time, half the population was already, more than half the population was already shifted to Dwaraka. The last contingency was being shifted, Jarasandha attacks. And he is also surprised that the villages are non-existent, there is no cattle, there is nothing, what is happening? And all these 18 years, there was just people trying to defend. There was no offensive attack. For the first time, he finds it strange that Bhagwan Krishna and Balarama are leading the army and they have kept the army as the defense to Mathura Nagari and the attack is done only by two people. By Krishna and Balarama. And the offensive is so devastating that they all retreat. And while they are retreating, Bhagavan Krishna crosses the enemy line, crosses the enemies and starts running away. Giving enough scope and time for the last batch, batch of people to leave Mathura safely. 
So Jarasandha starts chasing him. It is because of that incident that Bhagavan is called Ranachodrai, the one who has uh, tried to run away from the battlefield, Ranachodras. But otherwise, in all his efforts, he has always been Purujit, Purujit, the most victorious one. Yatra Yogeshwaraha Krishnaha Yatra Partho Dhanurdharaha Tatra Shri Vijayo Bhutihi Dhruvanitir Matir Mama Traditionally, it is unwise to keep a photo of Gitopadesha wherein Bhagavan is standing and Arjuna is crying, that is not the kind of you know, Bhagavan Krishna and Arjuna that one has to keep. Instead, how should it be? Yatra Krishno, Yatra Partho Dhanurdharaha, Arjuna is standing in the chariot with his Dhanush, with the bow and arrow. Wherein he has strung the bow and he has the arrow pulled all the way to the ear, almost ready to release. And what is Krishna doing? He is driving the chariot. He is the charioteer, riding the chariot. Such, such a carving or such a photo, such a depiction if it is there, Sri prosperity, bhuti, all kinds of wealth, uh, tatra, shreer, vijaya, victory. And who is saying this? Sanjaya says, this is my firm conviction that these will reign forth wherever you have such Krishna and Arjuna. Another deeper meaning is, victory is promised to that one who has instilled the surrender into the Lord and put the Lord as in charge. Who holds the reins? So invoking that Lord into the buddhi, dhyo yona prachodayat, reconnecting that buddhi into that Lord, giving the complete reins into the Lord. Having given complete surrender, having completely surrendered to the Lord and given him the complete in charge, how are you? Are you sitting in the back of the chariot relaxing now? No. You have to fulfill your karma. So sharpen your blade and be ready for your interaction. There is no moment to sit back, relax, enjoy. When will that happen? Can I burst your bubble? Never ever. Till the last moment we have to constantly interact with the world. And that is a choice that we have to make. That the mind like Arjuna has to be constantly ready. The buddhi yoked to the Lord. The buddhi completely surrendered to the Lord 
the mind completely engaged into the outside world, ever ready, ever prepared to do the right thing. Wherever such an equipment is available and ready, victory is always a outcome. Purujit Sattamaha Purujit Sattamaha Purusattamaha Purujit Purusattamaha Purusattamaha often sometimes is translated as Purushottamaha Purujit Purushottamaha but that is not the Pathantara it is Purusattama only. What is Purusattama? That who is omnipotent or that who is ever present. That who is all pervading is the one who is omnipresent. When people ask, where is God, where is that consciousness in this body? Do you have a place for it? Because the moment you ascertain a place for it, the rest of the place, it means there is no consciousness. Like for example, when we say head to toe. So where do you begin? Where do you end? Do you begin at head and end at toe? Or begin at toe and end at head. Confusing question. Let me simplify it. You all have driven from home to here. To attend the satsang. Now that you are here at least physically. Is it okay for me to assume that you are not there at home. Once you leave from here, it means you are here no more, but you will be there soon. Right? So, when you say I start here and end here, wherever you start, does it already presuppose that that where you are ending, you are not? But with respect to even our body, don't we experience simultaneously the touch here and at the feet or anywhere in between because that consciousness is all pervading that which is all pervading alone can be ever present that which is all permeating alone can be ever present such ever present is called purusattama vinayaha this is one word that will probably confuse many of us. What does Vinaya mean in our day-to-day -day vocabulary today? Obedience, humility, Vinaya. Vinaya Shila, somebody who is obedient and humble. But the actual meaning of Vinaya. Vinayam dandam karoti 
दुष्टानाम इति विनयः द वन हु ब्रिंग्स ओबीडियंस इन ऑल दोज हु आर गोइंग द रॉन्ग पाथ थ्रू दंड दंड थ्रू पनिशिंग सच वन इज कॉल्ड विनय विनय इज नॉट ओबीडियंस विनय इज नॉट ह्यूमिलिटी द वन हु हम्बल्स एवरी वन इन टू ओबीडियंस थ्रू दंड सच वन इज कॉल्ड विनय विनय is usually misunderstood as humility now the word vinaya is the one who brings that humility and who can bring that humility so there is a saying vidya vinayena shobhate wherever there is satvika gnana that satvik gnana there is tamasik gnana there is rajasik gnana to know about others dirt other secrets even if they are not ready to share dig them up and to know that is the knowledge which is tamasik what is rajasik gnana so much of data that is collected i don't know whether it is useful or useless rajasik and what is satvik gnana that which helps us find that peace within and also blesses everyone around to find that peace such knowledge is called satvik gnana wherever there is that satvik gnana vidya all the unrighteousness gets wiped away and they are brought down to their knees and they bend their head in humility but that tree should be fully laded with that vidya when does the tree bend down when it has enough fruits so when we have accomplished everything when we have gathered everything that is not the time to pride that is the time to have the satvik vidya so that it will be of benefit to everyone around such one is called vinaya it with our reference the one who inspires us to bring that satvikata within so that we are a productive contribution to the environment that we are existing in that inspiration is called vinaya wherever we find it we can see it in a common person we can see it in a leader we can see it in the nature wherever you see that that which inspires us to bring this best out of us that satvik knowledge such one is called vinaya and not that we don't get such opportunity 
even though we get that opportunity we seldom use it the one you who uses it is called vinaya wherever there is vinaya of this kind of sattvic knowledge jayaha jayaha victory is ascertained now we should know what to ask the lord of oh lord give me that sattvic knowledge which only humbles me because the rest of it is it says you have this vinaya jaya is yours victory is yours gaining it is also easy having gained it to stay firm to stay there is difficult because power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely and to stay firm in that humility what is required satya sandha satya sandha the one who is firmly abiding in the one who is firmly abiding in the righteousness satya sandha i was at somebody's place and they were watching some show i had gone to meet their father the children were watching some show and the father had gone to bring his book and laptop so that he could sit with me and work in that 5 minutes and this is a show about a lawyer and a lawyer who has her law practice and also teaches at a law school and she says i didn't know how to react to that statement and the children were engrossed in it and the statement that she makes is people talk about the pros and cons the pluses and minuses when you when you pick your what do you call them that who you defend the client okay but i say you are i mean she says in the, i say you are uh, your direction of questioning is wrong if you ask me and she is a professor teaching law and this is the show that kids are engrossed in if you ask me that line of questioning is wrong in my opinion to protect my client is my heights of righteousness how i do it doesn't matter and if a lawyer who is supposed to protect the law says that that is the righteousness to protect by whatever means the client whether they have done it wrong whether they are guilty whether they are not guilty it doesn't matter to protect them is my job if you understand this then you understand how to work in the court are you getting the 
perspective that I am trying to give. I am not saying that we should judge people. That is not our job. At least we can judge ourselves, internalize it and stay firm to the path. Stay firm to the path of righteousness. That is when we have jaya all through life. That life is called truly successful which is on the righteous path. Without deviating. Come what may. Satya Sandhaha. Dasharhaha. Dasharhaha is the one who deserves gifts. Uh, this is taking way back to Bhagavan Krishna that right from the time that it was announced that Nanda and Yashoda Baba had a boy. There is a Surdas Kriti wherein he says, Aaj Nanda ke dware bheer. In Nanda Baba's entrance, the threshold, there is a queue, there is a rush. And there are people coming in, going out and no hand is coming in empty. Meaning everybody is bringing in gifts for that young Krishna. And all through his life, he has always had this precedence set that he would always get these gifts. The one who always gets gifts he is called Dasharhaha. Dasharhaha. The one who always gets gifts. As the consciousness within which is Enabling the body, mind and intellect to function in its field. Every time there is the eye opens and visualizes sees. What do we want to see? Do we want to see something shabby that does not have any pattern in it, does not have any rhythm in it? We want to see something beautiful. The eyes see something of beauty. Who is it that is getting the gift of that beauty? Who is the actual seer? Isn't it that Paramatma alone? It is not just one individual. Every single individual who is looking from their own perspective, they are looking for whatever that is good out there. Who is the one who is actually getting that gift? It is that Paramatma. Meaning... That the search for something beautiful, something awesome. Because when we talk of Paramatma, we can understand, we relate very meticulously about Satya. Satya, truthfulness. We can understand something which is very auspicious. But when the scriptures keep hammering that... You have to detach from this world. You have to renounce everything. Then there is a, a concept that gets created. That even appreciating that which is good may not be sadhana. 
but we forget that that Lord Paramatma is often defined as Satya, Satyam, Shivam and what is the third aspect? Sundaram. We appreciate Satya, we appreciate auspiciousness, truthfulness and auspiciousness we, we appreciate. But the moment when it is Sundaram, Now, we would want to appreciate Sundaram, but in the name of sadhana, we avoid everything Sundaram. Because in that aesthetic presence, and that is the gift to that Paramatma, in, in seeing everything beautiful. That is why whenever we do puja, I tell don't randomly throw flowers at the Lord. Arrange it in such a way that when you see it, your mind is occupied with that thought alone. That it cannot get distracted with anything else. To find that aesthetic sense, to find that balance. Dashaha. To, to make sure that it is not just righteous, not just truthful, but along with it, the way it is presented is also beautiful, that it is gift worthy. What he has given to us is this world. What we do with it should be a present, a gift to him. One example and it will... It will deepen the understanding of this particular word. I was in Bombay in the during the Vedanta course and each one of us gets a duty to take different roles. So one of those 15 day period when I had this role to work in the temple, it's one of the uh, taxing ones. Because you have to do so much and you have to attend all your classes and yet be at the temple, do quite taxing. The kitchen work was rigorous but not that taxing. It had time schedule, it had uh, you know times where you don't need to be in the kitchen. But temple you were required to be in every single free moment of yours in the temple. One day I was breaking coconuts inside and the priest in his Malayali Hindi was arguing with somebody, a devotee who had come and it was getting little loud. So I stepped out and I asked him, what is it? And he was, you know, sacrilegious look that he had on his face. Look at this fellow, he is saying we should offer all this to the Lord. So we had a strict policy that anything that is to be offered as naivedya to the Lord, the people can bring in coconuts and fruits or maybe sweets, and nothing else which is cooked, you don't know what it is. And I was amused, this, this guy had a tray full of uh, Cadbury's chocolate and five star and uh, uh, you know these uh, cookies and biscuits and these. 
and he was insisting we should offer these. And he had two arguments. The first argument, a very innocent fellow, he was not trying to create any trouble, very innocently. In his first argument was, poor you know, Lord, right since I don't know when, we have been offering him with fruits and uh, this naivedya, he should also be bored eating with this common stuff. Okay. Give him something new. Quite appealing logic. The second logic was even better. He said, don't you think that when he has given us this beautiful creation, that he should also get a taste of that which we taste as the best of our creation? Shouldn't it be that which we give to the Lord? I said, I talked to the Pandit. I said, this one time, please, if you can't stand me offering this, please take a walk. Because the bhava with which that person had come was very pure and genuine. That he has given us this beautiful world and so just plucking that which he has created to him and give it, it, it sounds lame. He has created this beautiful creation with all these fruits, all these uh, plantains and other things. So what big deal, you go pluck that and offer it to him saying, Oh Lord, please bless me. Instead, what he has given, you know, the, the choco and all, we have transformed it and made it very delicious. This is what should be offered to the Lord. Done. So that was the first time I broke the rule there because the intensity was pure. That you give the Lord that beauty that, that you experience as the offering. Because he is the one who has blessed us with this opportunity. What we do with it has to be an offering. And the one who gets that offering as a gift is called Dasharhaha. Satvatam Patihi. If you want to physically see God, where can you see him? Where Satvic people have congregated. Again, underline the word. It is not self-proclaimed sattvic, but truly, genuinely sattvic. Where sattvic environment has congregated. Where sattvic people have gathered. That is where you find Paramatma. When you are with kids, little children, less than 4-5 years old. And don't you enjoy that presence? Look into those eyes with such innocence. And that age wherein they are innocent and they don't know that they can claim to be innocent. Because later they are innocent until proven guilty. <laughs> And that innocence reflects in their eyes. And when you are in such presence, you really bas, you really enjoy such presence. So sattvic environment, wherever you find, that is where Lord exists. 
instead of when, when we travel or when we go to new places or instead of trying to find the best pub, best discotheque, best, uh, uh, I don't know what else, what in nowadays, I don't know where people hang out. Nah, coffee shop, that's lame. You don't need to search for it, it's there every corner. This party place, instead of searching for that, if we can tune ourselves to search for such sattvic environments, being in such sattvic environments, you are in presence of that divine. Satsangatve nissangatvam, that is the beginning. Satvatam patihi. Thus we come to the end of 67th shloka and we cover 512 words. We will come back tomorrow to see another shloka or two. Om Purnamadaha Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachate Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnameva Vasishyate Om Shanta Shanta Shantihi Harihi Om Shri Gurubhyo Namaha Harihi Om